Hello, welcome to The Final Swipe, a podcast about healing our hearts and finding love. I'm your host, Nikki Novo. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Final Swipe. Today, I have a very special treat for you. Her name is Cheryl Paul, and Cheryl's work is all about anxiety, which... (laughs) most of us have. So I thought it would be so nice to have her on the show. And funny enough, I found Cheryl through my clients. So I'm able to identify relationship anxiety in my clients, but I wouldn't say, you know, I'm necessarily an expert. So looking for resources brought me to Cheryl and some of my clients actually found her on their own. And just really fell in love with her work when I found it. It's just very profound and, and soulful. And you can tell it's coming from the most genuine place. Like this is what she's meant to be doing. So I thought, well, let me reach out and see if she'll, you know, be so kind to come on the final swipe. And we got lucky and she said yes. (laughs) So we are here talking to her today, talking about what relationship anxiety is, what dating anxiety is, is how we can, um, you know, see it also how we can see it in other people, because a lot of the times we may not have that kind of anxiety, but the people we're dating have it and it becomes really confusing and, uh, it makes us doubt ourselves and all of that. And it's, it's quite damaging to actually be with somebody who has that kind of anxiety and not know it. So I wanted to just have this conversation with her so that You can identify it, whether it be in yourself or in somebody that you're dating. And if it's something that you have to just begin to be aware of it and start working through it. So really, I'm excited for you to listen to her, to get to know her work, you know, not let it stop here, but, you know, go look into her, her work. She shares her website here and also she has a book coming out soon. So to, uh, you know, to really get to know her and and use her as a resource in this journey towards love. So without further ado, here is Cheryl. Hello, welcome back to the final swipe. So excited that all of you are here. I'm especially excited today because I have a very special guest, Cheryl Paul, who a lot of you already know her, and we feel very blessed to have her. Um, she's going to talk to us a lot about anxiety, about relationship anxiety, how it show up, shows up in dating, and um, just seeing where this call, you know, where this interview takes us. So really excited to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Nikki. Happy to be here. So Cheryl, can, for those of, those people that don't know you, can you give a brief background on, on your work and kind of how you ended up where you are today? Sure. So um, I've been working with clients for 20 years. Um, I went to Pacifica Graduate Institute in Santa Barbara graduated there in 1997, and the focus of that program is on depth psychology, which means really going beneath the surface into the realm of um, dreams and the unconscious and understanding that Mm -hmm. so many of our symptoms are metaphors and are pointing to needs inside of us. So we live in this culture Mm -hmm. that takes everything at face value, every thought we have, every Mm -hmm. somatic symptom that we have, we interpret it at the most surface level and the most obvious level. So that program and my work in the Jungian world, um, the work of Carl Jung, really set the stage for everything that followed. Um, And my first book came out of my master's thesis. That was The Conscious Bride, talking about the underbelly of, of the wedding um, the grief and fear and confusion and vulnerability that so many people feel as they cross over from single to married. 
and those difficult feelings that aren't talked about in this culture at all because we live in a very happy face, everything's happy, happy, happy culture. <laughs> um, and you know, obviously that's not reality for anybody. That's not the way human beings operate. Um, but we're, we're sold these myths. And so there's a big myth around the wedding. And then from that work evolved my work around relationship anxiety and seeing that it was, of course, not just around the wedding that anxiety comes up. It's around relationships in general. And for people who are prone to anxiety, which means people who are often highly sensitive and conscientious and analytical and scanning the horizon, looking for danger, risk averse, being in a relationship is the riskiest thing that we do. So, Mm. of course, anxiety is going to come up. But because we're sold this, in this, this bill of goods from the culture that you have to know when you meet the one and there is a one and um, mm-hmm. love should be easy and you should feel ecstatic and the sex should be amazing and there's so many expectations that we absorb from the time we are tiny from the first Disney movie you know that um, says all of these expectations about love and when the reality is different from that the first interpretation is, I must be with the wrong person. Right. So um, so that was my work with relationship anxiety and still is very much a, a great deal of my work. But from there evolved work around anxiety in general because, of course, I started to see that people prone to relationship anxiety had a lifetime history of anxiety. And that's one of the first mm-hmm. questions I ask people when I'm working in a private session is, um, you know, how long have you been anxious? And the, and the answer is almost always my entire life. You know, I remember having separation anxiety when I was six, and I remember worrying about my parents dying, and and then I had health anxiety and scared that I had cancer or an STI or whatever it was, and all of these intrusive thoughts that have been with people their entire life and often reach a breaking point, a crescendo, when they're in a relationship because the stakes are so high. And it's so important and it's so meaningful. And relationship anxiety tends to come out when the relationship is healthy and loving and positive and present and available, not with the guy or the girl or the person who um, has one foot out the door. So it only presents itself where there's a real risk of intimacy, which doesn't happen right if someone is not fully there. Um, so all that to say, this is where I've ended up today, which is really working with anxiety in general, which is obviously an enormous topic. And I work with it very differently from the way most people work with it because of my background in Jungian theory and understanding that just because you have an anxious thought, it doesn't mean it's true. Let's go deeper. Let's look at what the anxiety is pointing to. And in my work and in my worldview, anxiety is a gift and anxiety is a messenger. Anxiety is a signal. A medicine. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if it's a medicine, but it it points to what the medicine will be. Um, So the anxiety itself is miserable. There's nothing fun about it. There's nothing happy. It's it's really miserable when it takes hold. and, and, you know, for the purpose of your audience, when it takes hold in a relationship, it can come out on the first date. And the right. cultural mindset will say, well, then you're with the wrong person. But right. I hold a and very I, different approach than that. Yes. And um, 
Well, I wanted to go into, I was going to ask you about general anxiety really quickly, but I have tons of questions about relationships for, for the, um, um, for, for the listeners. But one thing that's interesting is I, I wonder, um, if I was the only one in on this, but I did not realize that I was an anxious person until, until I started doing this work because I actually had clients who were, um, and I didn't, I didn't set out to do this work. I was an editor for many years, but as I started to, people started telling me like, you know, their problems and would explain that they were anxious and they would explain how their anxiety would show up. And I'm like, Oh, that's anxiety. Like I had no Mm -hmm. idea. And I'm like, Oh, I have, I have that. (laughs) And, um, and I, I think that that in itself is just so, so fascinating that like, um, how disconnected we are sometimes and how we don't, how we take some of our anxiety as a normal part of life and how we think that that is just, just something that we have to, um, to the point that we don't do anything about it because it's like just, it's normal. So, um, can, is, is, do you, do you, um, define anxiety as something or do you like, do you have a way of kind of describing what it is? I do, and I and I just want to add to what you're saying, which is that that's extremely common because mm-hmm. we can't if we're swimming in the waters, we can't really see the water. So it's right. so it's so normal for a person's experience and the way they walk through the world that they're not naming it as something that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, for and if it's most all they've people, seen, it's right. all they've seen, which is exactly what I was going to say. For most people, they yeah. come from anxious parents, at least one of the parents. Exactly. And so that's what they've seen. And so sometimes I'll ask the question differently. If, if someone says, no, I haven't been anxious in that And I'll say, have you worried a lot in your life? Is worry a part of your life? Mm-hmm. And the word worry seems to resonate more. Oh, yes. I've always been a worrier. Right? And my mm-hmm. mother's a worrier. My grandmother's a worrier. Um, so um, I define anxiety as... Um, as a sense of dread that mm. something is wrong and something being wrong, not necessarily being related to what's happening in the here and now. And so anxiety often presents as um, what if, so we're going into the future, or perseverating mm. on the past. So it's, it's, a, it's a sense of dread and uncertainty when we're focused on the past or the future that's mm. not real and present in the here and now. So that's different from fear in the presence of real danger. And a lot right. of anxiety evolved from, from healthy fear. So it evolved right. from this part of our brains that used to live out in the wild. And the sensitive people in the community were the ones that were scanning the horizon, were hypervigilant, and were aware of the subtle shifts in the grass or in the temperature or in the movement that indicated there was a tiger. Right. Right. around the next bend. And so right. was, we, as people prone to anxiety, have served an immensely important function throughout history. It's not a problem, mm. our wiring. Mm. And it's something that I always want to communicate and emphasize is that because we live in the culture that sees anxiety as a disorder, it's mm. easy then to leap into, well, I am disordered. There's something wrong with me. There's something that's always been wrong with me. I've never fit in. I've never felt like I've belonged. Everyone seems to move through life so much more effortlessly. Why do I struggle in transition? Why do I struggle with loss? Why do I struggle? Well, this is part of your makeup, and it's a beautiful, essential part of your makeup. Mm. And there's nothing wrong. In fact, there are tremendous gifts when you learn how to 
work with yourself and with the anxiety effectively because, of course, there's very rarely real and present danger in our modern lives. We've eradicated so much of that that this mm-hmm. part of our brain is left going, well, what, what am I supposed to do now? And so it, it's still looking for the danger. And so it's looking for the danger in a relationship. And interestingly, there is, I don't know if it's danger, but there's risk. Yeah, As of I course. said before, there is risk in loving. It is the riskiest thing that we do emotionally. And it is scarier than jumping out of an airplane. It's scarier than climbing Mount Everest because on the emotional level, our hearts are so vulnerable and we've all been hurt in some way or another. We've all experienced rejection. We've all experienced being teased or unloved in some way. And so to put the heart out there with somebody who is actually capable of loving you is the biggest risk that we take. So our anxious brain then goes into overdrive and it says, I cannot take this risk. It's too risky. And then what it does, and this is relationship anxiety, is it makes the other person wrong in some way. So then we're in the world of projections. He's not tall enough. She's not beautiful enough. All the the enoughs then start to come out or the not enoughs. Right. And that, Cheryl, I feel like I'm always dealing with on the other end. I have women who come, who are, who, who receive that and don't get like full closure as to why something they thought was working stopped working, but they didn't understand that they were actually with somebody who had relationship anxiety and they never, and then that the woman loses their intuition from that experience because the other person didn't have the words to describe what they were feeling. So like you said, they just felt like, oh, this feels bad, then this is bad, rather than, yes. oh, yeah. this this is triggering me. And then, then the woman then um, received that as, well, he, he told me that, like, he just didn't feel it. And then they start yep. doubting what they actually experienced. They're like, well, was that, was that even real, what we had? And that yes. is just so, that's a very sad part of this process, I, I believe. Yes, absolutely. So to be on the other end of it is very confusing to be with a partner who is struggling with relationship anxiety and doesn't have the words for it and then falls into the cultural trap that says, well, if you're not feeling in love, then you're with the wrong person. If you don't feel attracted every minute, you're with the wrong person. Right. Um, and, then, and then it also plays into attachment issues. And so people who have relationship anxiety and attachment are intimately linked. So people who struggle to attach because of their early history and because of their fears. And so they might start out, like in your, it sounds like for your listeners or your clients, they might be with someone who starts out full steam ahead and seems totally available and present, but then once Mm -hmm. the relationship hits a certain point and the fear comes up, they don't know what to do with it. And so they say, well, it must be you. It must be I'm with the wrong person. And those people, if they don't deal with it, will just keep doing that for the rest of yep. their lives. Right. Right, because there is I was no one of those people. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. I was one of those people, which is why I can recognize it. Um, so do you have any advice for somebody that um, – what do you do if you've discovered you're with somebody who's ha- who has relationship anxiety or maybe who has just left you because of their relationship anxiety? Do you, do you um, recommend that they try to let that person know or, or do you just like not look for somebody who has relationship anxiety? <laughs> well, it, it's probably case by case. If 
if the person senses that there's any openness or willingness on the part of the partner who has left, who has the anxiety, um, I think it's always, you know, why not give it a chance and say, hey, would you be willing to read this article, you know, and send right. send one of, I mean, I have 800 blog posts, so it's send something from my site and just say, here, does this resonate for you? And that, right. that can be a gift and it can be an opening. Usually, however, what it takes for somebody to really see their own anxiety is for them to reach their own bottom, right? They, they have to kind of right. get there themselves. It usually doesn't come from somebody else saying, hey, I think this is what you have. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, for one thing, nobody really likes to be told what they have or to feel analyzed. Um, but also I've just found that people, um, they do their inner work when they're ready to do it. And yeah. no one can really force that process along or mm-hmm. or hasten it. It happens when it happens. So there's no real harm in saying, hey, I came across this and it sounds like something you might be struggling with and what do you think? But usually when someone does their inner work, it's because they're really suffering. And right. people who find their way to my site are suffering, the ones who do have the relationship anxiety. They're the ones suffering and they're the ones saying, I've, now I realize I've lived with this my whole life in some form or another, and I'm ready to tackle it. And they don't, and right. So, and but what I, the people that I know that have found your work, um, it, it's interesting how it happens. Um, they don't, they don't know that they have um, anxiety. They have a relationship anxiety, and then somehow, you know, they're, they're led to the, maybe the possibility of that. So, um, how can somebody? tell, like, are there any signs that, because um, I have a lot of people that come to me and they're like, I really want to date somebody and like, uh, you know, they're trying and I mean, they're, you know, reading the books or, you know, doing that, like they're putting themselves out there, but if they have this anxiety, like, you know, it's, it's never going to work for them, but they don't know that they have it. So how can you spot it in yourself while you're dating? So if you are someone who has had perpetual short-term relationships, that's probably one very clear sign. Um, If you have a history of anxiety or a history of of worrying um, or a history of intrusive thoughts, you can pretty much guarantee that that anxiety is going to show up in relationships. Um, If you are constantly making excuses about why the relationship isn't going to work and it's coming up early on, like like I said, and and they're they're not... valid reasons. They're not real reasons to walk away. Um, mm-hmm. Like they don't have to do with core values or, you know, a sense of basic shared um, connection. But there are things like, you know, I, I don't like the way she chews her food. Um, <laughs> or, or, you know, he's, he's not intellectual enough or he hasn't gone to college but he's the best right. person I've ever met, and he has the kindest heart. Um, right. When you, when you find yourself wrapped up in any of those kinds of stories, and sometimes it can be very superficial, like, you know, I don't like that he's balding, and you know it's superficial, and you're like, God, I'm so mm-hmm. superficial. But that's just where the anxiety is hanging its hat. That's just the current story. And so that's a, a strong clue that you are suffering from relationship anxiety and it will show up with anybody. The story will just change. And sometimes it can, it can be something that seems more important, like I'm worried about his lack of drive or ambition. 
And am I going to be the only one making money? Well, you know, that mm-hmm. can seem like a deal breaker, but, but often when you really break it down, um, it turns out not to be able to be a deal breaker. And it's just simply where the anxiety is hanging its hat. Right. Um, so you have an amazing course for people that have relationship anxiety. Um, that it's available all the time, or is there, or is there like a certain? It is. It's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. So you can go to your um, to Cheryl's site, which we'll link in the show notes. But um, if I haven't bought the course yet, what are without giving it all away? What are some tips on being able to um, get past that anxiety, or, or at least start working with it? Not not necessarily getting past it, but working through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people really do get through relationship anxiety. It doesn't mean that anxiety itself goes away because, like mm-hmm. I said, we wouldn't want anxiety to go away. That's that's our indicator that something's awry. That's like saying, you know, I want my dehydration headaches to never come. Well, then how would you know when you're dehydrated? So our bodies and our psyches are constantly delivering messages, and our job is to listen and also learn to accurately interpret, which is the trickier part. Um, the course itself, it's called Break Free from Relationship Anxiety, and it is actually really so much more than relationship anxiety because, as I keep saying, at the core is just anxiety itself. And so it's a deeply comprehensive, thorough course on understanding, first of all, who you are and your wiring and your personality type and why you are experiencing relationship anxiety. Um, it goes through the myths about love and romance and sexuality in depth. Um, there's an entire section on intrusive thoughts or how to how to effectively work with intrusive thoughts so that they stop torturing you because that can be absolute mental torture when you're trapped in that chamber of um, whatever the intrusive thought is. And for people with relationship anxiety, it's what if I'm with the wrong person? What if I'm not in love enough? What if there's someone better out there for me? What if I'm settling? Mm. What if we don't have enough chemistry? Um and then there are many, many, many tools, and the tools are the bread and butter of the work. If you're not willing to do daily work, you're not going to break free from relationship mm. anxiety or any other kind of anxiety. Um, and for and I teach um, a very effective journaling technique, and mm. it's not the typical journaling. It's it's um, it's a dialogue format of journaling that really helps people to learn to identify what's happening inside and work through it. Um, I teach mindfulness. I teach breath work. I teach, I teach on every realm. And so my work at the core is really about understanding that when anxiety is present, it's a messenger to look at one or more of our four realms of self, which is off kilter. So it's physical, emotional, cognitive, and spiritual. Um, that we exist in these four realms and, and others as well, but... Um, and, and so I walk people through those four realms and the cognitive distortions in each of those realms and the actions in each of those realms that when you step into taking those actions and really growing, um, the witness self and the loving inner parent that can take those actions and respond to, um, cognitive distortions, you know, faulty thinking that is getting in the way of you moving forward, that when you develop that anchor point inside, you are really free. Your life changes completely. You're not at the whim and the mercy of all of the thoughts and feelings that come through us, you know, on on a minute by minute basis. Mm-hmm. So you learn how to 
how to be with yourself, how to love yourself, how to take loving care of yourself, how to shift from a mindset of shame, what's wrong with me, why am I doing this, I'm so awful, to one of curiosity and compassion. And, you know, for people who really go through the course deeply, and I encourage people to go through it multiple times because it's it's dense, there's a lot in there. Um, when they do it and they do the work, their lives change completely. Um, no, I mean, I, I believe it. I just think that we, we, you know, I think we get used to living with anxiety and we don't think that that's something can change it, but you, you have real solutions. And at least the clients that I know that have done the work are, have seen real solutions. So we're really excited about, um, your book because your book will be, you're coming out with a book about anxiety in general. Um, what made you want to write that book? Yeah, so that's a good question because, um, I was so happy writing my blog and creating courses. I said for years, I'm never going to write another book. And um, in 2015, I had a dream, and I'm very, very connected to my dream world, and I love Mm -hmm. doing dream work, Um, that Robert Johnson, who is, um, he just passed away, actually. I think he was 96 or something, but he's one of the most well-known Jungian analysts and authors in the world. Um, he wrote a series of books called He, She, and We, three separate books that I highly recommend mm. to everyone struggling in relationships in any way. They're absolutely brilliant. Um, mm. And he's been a mentor to me for years. I've never met him, but in the, you know, in the book world. Mm-hmm. And he came to me in a dream and said, it's time to write another book. And it's, it's mm. mostly been written. And that was 2015. It took me a couple years. I mean, it stayed with me. It was very, very powerful. Um, mm-hmm. But last year, I I was ready, and I thought it would be sort of a compilation of my blog posts because there's so many of them, and there's no mm-hmm. organization on a blog. It's just, you know, inverse chronology. Um, so, but it didn't end up being that. That, that was the starting point. Um, and uh, Sounds True, which is a publishing house here in Colorado, um, and they have an amazing roster of spiritual thinkers, and um, they've also been transformative for me in my life. They have incredible audiobooks, MP3s. And, um, they reached out, and they said, we'd love to talk to you. And and so I started that conversation with them and, um, and really ended up creating a, a book that... Um, that I'm very proud of and very excited to release. It's called The Wisdom of Anxiety, How Worry and Intrusive mm. Thoughts Are Gifts to Help You Heal. I love it. When can we expect that to come out? Um, I believe it's coming out in May. So May, May or okay. June. So it's, 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 it'll be late spring, early summer. Okay. So it's May, June 2019. So we will... Correct. Not, we'll have to not anxiously wait for it. <laughs> and, um, you know, and Joe, this may be a little bit off um, subject, but I, you know, I, I love the way that you're, you can tell that like in your work that you're very much led and even just the way that you said that you received the, and, and that again is, is, has a lot to do, I'm sure with, um, you said receiving the metaphors and, and, um, it seems like you're just receiving a lot in your work, not not so much pushing, but maybe working off of um, what's being asked of you. And yes. um, how how did you develop 
um, I, I know that that's a lifestyle to me. That's the idea of what you're saying, like the metaphors, working through them and, and like being in this lifestyle of, of that. And I guess, did that start from, from your studies or um, how did you develop that? And, and how do you live that way? Even something I've, I've heard, um, read some of the things that you write about your children and how you're raising them and just all of that. It's just like your way of life is very interesting to me. And I thought that would be interesting for, you're in your divine, you're in the divine feminine. And I was wondering if you can explain that a little bit. Mm, what a great question. Um, so, I was raised by two therapists. I'll start there. Um, <laughs> and while that had its downsides, um, it also taught me from a very early age to to reflect and to turn inward and um, and to take time each day to do that. So, I've been talking about my dreams, for example, and keeping a journal for as far back as I can remember. As soon as I learned how to write, I started to keep a diary, and I have those little diaries still, um, mm. like little tiny books with, you know, like a little <laughs> tiny lock on it, and and I would just write about my day. Today, my friend Jules and I did stilts at school, and, and I would reflect. Um, so that was very natural for me, and and just... It was just a gift. It's not something that I worked at. It just was a gift. But over mm-hmm. the years, it was a gift that I continued to nurture. Um, and one of the things I say in all of my courses and to all of my clients is if you're not willing to take time each day to slow down and turn inward and reflect, and whether that's meditation or yoga or journaling or prayer um, or reading you know, high-quality, nourishing texts, not online, um, I mean, it can be online, but it's hard to find mm-hmm. the good stuff um, in the in mm-hmm. the sea of, of online stuff. Um, if you're not willing to do that and, and finding your way, you know, my way is not going to be your way. It's finding your way of, of dropping in, slowing down, putting the screens away. Um, you won't you won't be able to open that inner channel, you know, and it's it's that channel that allows the divine to come through. It's that it's that place of being. We live in a culture that is obsessed with doing, with busyness. And, of course, with phones, with screens, um, it's even harder than ever to honor that archetypal feminine place, the feminine existing in men and women equally, or of any gender, mm-hmm. um, of, of silence and stillness, of doing nothing, um, it's a, it's becoming a lost art because the minute someone feels bored or lonely or anxious, they pick up the phone, they pick up something. And so um, that is a real practice to carve out that time each day and people will say, well, I don't have enough time and I'll say, Mm-mm. no. You know, if you have time to scroll <laughs> through Instagram, you have time to pick up a journal or you have time to pick up a guitar and fill your creative well. So it's it's about connecting and filling and nourishing our well of self, that place inside that is the soul, that is our deepest our deepest self. Um, that gets lost in daily life. It's it's being willing to attend to those four realms each day, right? The physical, emotional, intellectual and spiritual in nourishing ways. Right, so we can think that we're feeding our minds by reading and click and click and click, but that's not really feeding mm-hmm. our minds. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably, in some ways, 
destroying our minds. Um, I mean, I don't want to say it in that black and white terms. There's obviously so much good stuff on the Internet. But like everything else, it's about using it in moderation and recognizing when it's becoming an addiction as a way to avoid ourselves, you know, our yep. basic human selves that are so messy and emotional and uncomfortable and noticing all the things that we do to run from that place. So for me, to get back to your question, it is a daily practice. Not a, not a day goes by when I don't open my journal. And even if it's three minutes to write down a dream, that three okay. minutes is nourishing. It's watering my soul. But it's usually a lot more than three minutes. And I like <laughs> to spend time, you know, morning and night turning inward. No, and it's it's a gravitational pull to just zone out and watch Netflix or whatever it is, whatever your thing is, you know. And I recognize it in my own self every single day. That choice point between do I just want to zone out, and sometimes that's a perfectly great choice to zone out, or mm-hmm. right, do I want to turn inward and and put in that extra effort because it is extra effort, and we don't. Again, we're becoming a culture that's very averse to effort because things just like you press a button and then like, you know, the book that you order on Amazon arrives at your front door like the next day. Right. You know? So um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're losing that ability to, to work hard. And if you want to feel better, you have to put in the work. There's no magic pill. There is no mm-hmm. quick fix. Right? It is a path. And it's, it's a path that does not have a finish line, and it doesn't mean that you won't feel um, more clear inside, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to feel happy every day and that you're just going to arrive and then you can stop doing all your tools. That's not how it works. The answers are within, basically, is what you feel. That yeah, and they're and they're mm-hmm. they're pretty deep within. It's not something that mm-hmm. you can get to on the surface, and and it's on multiple layers. So, you know, I mean, this actually, when you're asking about being a clear channel, like for me, a big part of my personal life, and like what I teach my kids, and what I always bring into my courses is is around physical health, is around the food that you put into your body, and recognizing mm-hmm. that. You know, just like consuming junk thoughts on the internet is going to make you feel clogged, consuming junk food and whatever that is for you, because we're all wired differently in our bodies, is going to make you feel clogged inside. It's going to clog up that channel. Um, and so it's it's a huge part of my life is staying in physical health. And none of it's easy. None of and, and but I will say I also credit my mother. Um, and giving me those those roots um, because she was like one of the original health nuts in the seventies when I was being raised, and and that was a huge gift. So you know, so much of it is creating healthy habits, and when you've been raised with those healthy habits, it's a lot easier to continue yeah. those than trying to start healthy habits in your thirties or forties or fifties or whenever. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot. None of this is easy. None of it, like, you know, the Internet is three steps to feel. None of it's three steps. Like, there's no (laughs) three steps, right? And there's no real formula. And people, that's incredibly anxiety-provoking for the ego mind that wants to, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Like, well, I can give you a lot of tools and information. 
right? But you're going to find your way with it. Right. And to me, that's the beauty of the work. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Cheryl, it was such a pleasure. I know that I I have a lot of questions for you, but we have a limited time. (laughs) So I I thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom. Um, Mm. Can you please uh, share your website with us? Because you have a lot of courses and blogs there. So that would be very helpful. I do. And I will also say my website is under a massive redesign. So take take my current site with a grain of salt. It's very outdated. It works, and the information yeah. is, is the same information as you'll see on the new site. It'll just look different. Exactly. Um, so it's um, conscious-transitions.com. So C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-transitions.com. And then at the top, you'll see you know, all the different offerings, including courses. Right. And then we'll, we'll just wait to hear about the book, which you'll, m- most of your communication happens through the site, right? You don't, you don't have other, um, like you're not doing social media or things like that. So I just started on Instagram, which I've resisted for years, and I'm actually enjoying ah, it. Um, great. Yeah, okay, so we can then, follow you there. You can follow me there. It's Cheryl Paul underscore wisdom. As okay. in, my book title, The Wisdom of Anxiety. Um, okay. And, yeah, I post there every couple of days. That's been, that's been fun. And, okay. um, no, I'm not really on any other social media. And my main communication, if you want to stay abreast, is through my weekly email. I sent out an email every week for the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. And that's, yeah, so that you can sign up on my homepage just, um, just to sign up. You don't have to buy anything, but just to sign up for, for my email list. Okay. It's beautiful. That um, that is such a dedication. You know, writing that that uh, it's like such an offering. Writing that every every week for ten years. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna start following you. All, all of us are gonna follow you on Instagram, so you can start getting some friends. <laughs> start yeah, cool. More. Thank you. <laughs> Get you started. <laughs> yeah, um, awesome. Yeah, I see you have quite an Instagram. Oh, um, um, following. I, I never Instagram. understood Instagram, to be honest. I had a lot of judgment about it because I know a lot of teenagers that don't use it well. I know. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, a, a great concern. But once I saw how it worked and I saw, okay, this can be creative and this can be soulful yeah. and this can be a way to just, just a touch point, you know, with my audience yeah. just to offer, you know, a sentence here and there. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and offer some support. Just, yes. Yeah. And and you know I've chosen to follow very few people that are that are doing the same, yeah. and that's nice for me as well to follow some of my teachers and get their little tiny bite-sized doses of wisdom. Exactly, and you can be you can show up in a place where there's a lot of anxiety, so you can pop in on somebody's feed and help with that anxiety. <laughs> so it's perfect. Yes, yeah, and that's nice. That is like, you know one of the great uses it's a of gift. the internet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, Cheryl, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I'm thank so you, grateful. Nikki. This is fun. Yeah. Thank and you. thank you for the work you're doing and helping people move along the dating path, which can be just so incredibly anxiety-provoking and heartbreaking <laughs> and can bring up all kinds of feelings. So yes, thank yes, you. Thanks um, for sharing yeah. your audience. Question for you. Is 2019 going to be the year that you find love? You hope so, right? Well, hope is not really a strategy. In order to see the change 
We need to create change or at least be open to the change that is trying to come through us, which means you have to do something different. And I have something different for you. I have the Final Swipe Masterclass. This is my 10-week group mentoring program where I will be working with you and other like-minded women who are ready to call in love. I'm teaching the formula that I use with my one-on-one coaching clients, but at a much more accessible price. You'll get videos, worksheets, meditations, a community, and live online sessions with me. So I'll be answering your questions. Because you know, you know how it is in dating. One day we're doing great, and the next day we're totally freaking out. And as much as our friends and family love us, they don't always give the best advice when it comes to love. So please allow me to guide you. Please accept the help and the answers to your prayer. You do not need to do this alone, just wishing and hoping. I will guide you to love. Register for the Final Swipe Masterclass at NikkiNovo.com backslash course. And I will see you at love. Thanks so much for listening. For more guidance on your journey to the Final Swipe, please visit me at NikkiNovo.com.